It's a hockey show for you, the best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Presented by IBEW Local Union 43, by Hobby Hill Farms, and by Pathfinder Bank. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. Serving you sports. That's clever because it means sports on the TVs. There's plenty and very festive atmosphere. It's BOGO Wings tonight. It's buy one, get one wings tonight. So if you buy 10 wings, you'll get 20 wings. Some places call them pounds. You get pounds of wings. Now, is that a thing? Have you caught that? Yeah, I have noticed that. You have noticed that? They're also yeah serving you sports in, in the sense of they're serving you food, so the play on words. They're serving you Christmas here right now. Yes, they the are. Christmas lights are uh, very extravagant. Beautiful. We're, we're serving you a center, which is a rare commodity on the Utica Comets roster. It's been something that we've discussed quite a bit. We also host uh, the pregame show leading into the games on the radio that Joe Roberts broadcast. But number 19, center Carter Camper is with us, the second Carter on the roster. Is that was that a like the first conversation with the Captain Carter Banks that you might have had? Hey, you're Carter and I'm Carter too. There's also a Carter Pudishmit if you're a Family Guy fan and a former president. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm done with the Carter talk. What's uh, up, man? Yeah, no, that was uh, that was funny. No one, uh, I've played against Banksy for for years, and um, you know, I'm not first Carter that I've played with, and don't know many Carters in my life. So that's that's kind of cool to to have someone with the same name there. There's not a lot of them. I'm going to ask a question, and I want to know, be honest, be honest, be really honest, okay? I know that you're going to be, but be super honest with this. The tag journeyman is attached to a guy like you, and there's a lot of uh, players like you in the American Hockey League and even in the NHL. Does that term bother you, or do you just pay it no mind? Um, I think if you would have told me that years ago, maybe it would have. You were like, screw you. Okay, yeah, that doesn't sound that much fun, and... Um, I'm not saying it is fun moving around every year and, and now with two little boys. Yeah, it, that's it where I'm gets, going with it. Yeah, it gets harder and harder each year as the kids grow and, um, you know, finding new homes. Uh, you know, school's starting to, you know, be a subject. And um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful. This is my ninth year. And, and again, um, I'm thankful that I've played uh, this long in professional hockey and, you know, I've made some some great friendships over the time, over these years, and and seen a lot of parts of the country that um, you know most people don't get to see, including Tucson. I learned while you were grabbing beverages. Tell us about the difference between playing in, I guess, traditional hockey weather in the Northeast versus a short time you spent in Tucson. Yeah, um, you know, I was. I, I love the sun. I love warm weather. Uh, who doesn't? But uh, my whole life, you know, growing up in Cleveland and. Uh, all the places that I've played in juniors and college, it's always been, um, you know, four seasons, weather, you know, weather like we have here in Utica. And um, I couldn't believe when I got down there and um, was able to, you know, wear shorts and a T-shirt to the rink. And you leave the rink and it's not, you don't think to yourself, you know, what can I do today? Uh, is, is it nice outside? It's always nice outside. So, um, you know, the possibilities are endless. And had to play a lot of golf and uh, sit by the pool quite a bit. And we had a great team, too, so that always helps. You know, I've got some history in Cleveland, and my mother still lives there. My sister still lives there. Shout out to Mark and Mike O'Shea, who have spent quite a bit of time in Rocky River. Okay. Uh, you went to high school at Rocky River. Uh, your, your brothers played hockey. How did your interest in hockey start at a young age? 
you know, there's there's some decent hockey in and around Cleveland, but it's not a hotbed like a lot of other cities. Yeah, it's definitely not a hotbed. Um, <laughs> there's, I think there's more and more players. As, you know, growing up there wasn't much, but I think now that when I go back um, and, I, and I skate, there are a good group of a good group of players in that you know teenager college age. Um, so hopefully hockey continues to grow there. Um, and, and for me, I had an older brother, and I guess this, my parents said that he came home from school one day and. His friend was playing hockey, and, um, you know, being the little brother that I was, I, I tagged along, and um, I, th- I was two and a half at the time, so so pretty young, and, um, you know, just fell in love with the game right away. So who was your team growing up and some of the, the guys that you idolized? Yeah, I, I, you know, being from Cleveland, obviously we didn't have a team. The Blue Jackets didn't come um, until I was a little bit older, so I was, I guess you could say I was more of a bandwagon fan whoever was you know playing on TV that night or you know having a good year um, as far as players um, I did like the Red Wings I mean they're you know they're dominating in the 90s and the rivalry that they geographically had close and, to some degree yeah, and the Penguins with Lemieux right? and Yager so um, I guess I followed those teams more than others but uh, I always looked up to Martin St. Louis being a, a little guy and the success that he had and how hard he had to work for it and um, you know he was denied and uh, just kept on finding a way. And the, the career that he had, obviously nothing like mine, but um, that's who I idolized. You've had an ability to score wherever you are, though. You're scrappy, man. Yeah, um, that's been the way I've played my whole my whole life. And uh, yeah, uh, it's been a you know we all dream of playing in the NHL, but um, been a been a good career here for the AHL here for the better part of nine years. Carter Camper is with us here in Utica Comets and Satter at the 72 Tavern and Grill. I want to I want to take everybody kind of through where it all started. First of all, undrafted, which is I I love undrafted guys like you or Zach McEwen or Chatfield that you f- you find a place and then you've carved out a nine year career as you said. But it started with uh, signing out of his former alma mater, Miami of oh, Ohio wow. University, yeah. which we'll get to in a second. But then he was signed after four years there. And by the way, Hobie Baker Award finalist. Uh, that's something we've got to ask you about too. But then signed with Boston. Then it was Columbus. The Capitals organization, the Devils, Cleveland Monsters, AHL deal, Tucson, which we touched on, then a trade to Grand Rapids. Here you are in Utica. Did I miss anything? Uh, you know, I don't know. It took you a while there, so I'm going to say you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> NHL debut February 22nd versus St. Louis back in 2012. Three days later, February 25th against Alex Ald of Ottawa, your first and only NHL goal, according to what I saw. Talk, talk us through that, that feeling, that solo skate, getting yeah, into the NHL, getting those three games, scoring that goal, and where's the puck? Yeah, where's the puck? That's it, what I want Yeah, it's home in a frame uh, back in, in our house in, uh, in, in Hudson, Ohio, now is where we have a house. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a blur, to be honest with you. I wish, now that I'm older and, and can kind of look back, I wish I was able to take it in more. And I think if you talk to any... Um, you know, young player, their first call up, and for me, my only call up is as much of a blur. You're so excited. Um, you know, you want to call your parents, your brothers, your friends, and um, you try and soak it all in, and you try and say it's you know another game, but it's what you've dreamed of your entire life. And uh, for me to to be called up to the Bruins, and it was the year after they won the Stanley Cup. You're in a locker room with Chara and Bergeron and Krejci, and um, you know, NHL legends and, and Stanley Cup winners. Um, 
so I, I you know I wish I was able to take it in more um, you know I'm, I'm glad I was able to score a goal you know fulfill a lifelong dream and uh, unfortunately that was my last game I ever played take us through the game yeah I know you got sent down a short time after take us describe the goal or is that a blur too were you did you just kind of black out in the moment or no I remember the goal and um, you know my my five-year-old uh, asked to see it every once in a while and it's not a beautiful goal at all it uh, still if, counts if, yeah if you have seen it um it barely crossed the line um you know I, I remember the whole play i remember you know um celebrating after and kind of that feeling going through the line and there's a picture um in my house of, of me fist pumping zidane ochara after the goal and uh that that kind of picture I'll, I'll you know i'll never forget that absolutely was, that was incredible so miami ohio oxford ohio for those who don't know but i was going back through some of the athletes that have come out of that place yeah, bo schembechler was there for a while way way longer but you got ben roethlisberger who's probably the biggest name that comes to mind right now unfortunately uh, yeah uh yeah. and you're a browns fan <laughs> so uh ron harper uh, who was a cab he he came through there zerbiak um, I remember Jamie McCowan, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf guy, came through the hockey program there. Who were some of the other guys, the ho- the hockey guys that came through there that you played with, whether they made it to the NHL or not, but some of the guys that were really helpful and guys that maybe we might know? Yeah, I mean, from my time there and my era, I guess, uh, Andy Green was a little bit before me. He's had an incredible career with the Devils. Um, Played a year with Alec Martinez, who's you know had a, won a couple cups with the Kings. Um, Ryan Jones was my captain. Uh, he got a good career with the Oilers. Um, Jeff Zatkoff won a couple of the Penguins. Uh, Tommy Wingles with the Sharks. Um, my my time there, we had a really strong team, and um, a lot of, a lot of players from those years have moved on to play pro, uh, either in the NHL or, or good solid AHL careers. Why'd you decide on Miami? I mean, just a geographically close, and it, it has had a historically a pretty decent hockey program. Yeah, my parents went there as well. They're Miami okay. mergers, um, but they didn't play. You know, they didn't play sports. My dad didn't play hockey, but I was a little bit familiar just from going down to the hockey camps and um, knowing that my parents went there. And, and when I visited there, it was a no-brainer. Um, Chris Bergeron, who's the head coach there now, was my assistant coach, and. Um, you know, when you're 15 or 16 years old, you uh, it's kind of uncomfortable talking to adults. It's, it's an unfamiliar territory, and teams are recruiting you. And um, I just felt so familiar talking with Chris Bergeron, and he was a huge reason of why I went there. And then when I went on my visit, um, you know, I just knew from the, the from the moment I stepped on campus, it just felt right. Did you meet Erica there? I did. Yeah, another Miami merger. Very yeah. good. And then so it's Braden's five and Wyatt's two. I assume that your wife is going to want to listen to this podcast at some point when we put it out, maybe hear what you had to say, or maybe she's listening right now. And I should have told them my, my five-year-old would get a big kick out of, of listening. Well, to we're going to make sure that you get a podcast link so you can play this awesome. whole thing for him and she can hear it. And I already know that there's people in the Cleveland area that, that probably know you through six degrees of separation. So, I mean, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. you're definitely going to hear about it. But the reason I ask is because now is a perfect opportunity for me to let you slide in 30 seconds or a minute of how fantastic your wife is. Because, (laughs) hey, hockey wives, hockey moms, the ladies behind the scenes, we talk about this with everybody, how important they are. You had mentioned having to move around quite a bit and and finding different places to live. And now school is is an, an, an option for the kids, obviously, with Braden being five. 
and just the backbone that she is for you to be able to continue to play at this level. Yeah, I mean, definitely. If you you know you gave me this this Wikipedia list here of all the teams that I've played for, and you you know you listed them off too. Um, I've dragged my wife to a lot of different cities. I was traded. Um, from Boston to Columbus when she was 36 weeks pregnant with Braden. Jeez. Um, you know, traded from my hometown in Cleveland to Tucson where I went there uh, by myself. They stayed home. Um, we, we've been all over the country and give her credit. Um, there's no one. I mean, she's amazing. I may have uh, just cost you a couple of more Christmas presents, <laughs> by the way, this year, but continue. No, I don't want to remind her of all the places we've been. <laughs> she, she knows. Uh, it would be nice to be somewhere more than a year, but um, She's been incredible. Uh, makes things makes life a lot easier when I'm able to come home and know that um, my kids are taken care of and yeah. loved, and um, my my kids. You know, there's not. I can't say enough good things about my family. It's uh, when you're younger and you don't have a family, and uh, you just have the hockey, and you leave. I can't imagine coming home and, and not having an escape route. Um, you know, there's. You're going to have so many ups and downs in hockey and in life, and to just be able to come home and know that she's there to support me no matter what, my kids there, and, and my dog as well. They're all going to support me no matter what, and just so thankful for them. In this, the second half of your professional career specifically, has, has having that foundation helped you on the ice? Do you feel that's made you a better player? And how do you feel about your game as it stands right now? Because... We've been pretty impressed at your contributions with the Comets so far this yeah, season. Yeah, you're heating up right now. Yeah, we've noticed. Yeah, I think um, it gives you another reason why to play the game. Um, you know, to, to see their support um, at my games and to, to come home and um, see how pumped they are and uh, and know that you're doing it for them and, and to provide them a you know a quality life. And um, I just you know, hope that I'm able to, to continue to do that to, for them. And uh, like you said, um, not off to the best start with the injury there to, to start the season. Yeah. Um, you know, team was doing great. Eight, no, that was awesome. But you know, right now I'm starting to to feel like I'm starting to fit in a little bit more and um, find out where you know where I stand and you know hopefully I can continue to to produce and um, help this team win and and you know have a have a special little playoff run because. Uh, there's nothing better than playoffs, and you know, like you said, I'm getting up there, and, and you know, I guess the back nine here, and I haven't won a championship. And yeah, uh, you just made the turn. Yeah, I lost lost the final, lost in the finals, and that was the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. So hopefully, it can can complete that here. Well, we've talked a lot about you. Let's talk a lot about your team after we take a short break. We're at the 72 Tavern. This is Utica Comets Insider Scoop and Rain. Be right back with Carter Camper on 94.9 K Rock. Utica. Here's two guys that like to put the biscuit in the basket. Rayman and Scoop on Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. Where they are serving you sports. And right now, serving you Christmas. Very Christmassy inside the 72 Tavern and Grill. Uh, Our broadcast tonight, of course, brought to you by IBEW Local Union 43, Hobby Hill Farms, and Pathfinder Bank. We will have it podcasted later if you missed our first segment with Carter Camper, it'll be online. All the usual places you listen to podcasts. We'll have all the social media links, Instagram stories, Facebook, Twitter. After we uh, wrap up the broadcast, it'll be up there sh- shortly thereafter. Carter Camper with us. And I wanted to ask you, you had a season with the Albany Devils. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts and your perception of, first off, Utica from being somebody who had to 
come in as the enemy and play here and sort of compare that to being on the team now and what it's like to play here. And I'm also very curious about your experience with the Hershey Bears, which is probably the most, well, it is the most storied franchise in the AHL and what it was like to play there. Yeah, uh, for your first question, uh, coming here on the road um, was always a super tough place to play. I mean, you get it's, swear a, it's, it's a small barn, um, 3,900 maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, the Utica chance. It kind of feels like a college game um, where the fans are, are really into it. Um, You're playing really well against Utica if they're swearing at you. <laughs> yeah. By the way. And I, and I, I feel like every game we played, there's always a couple fights and, the, you know, the crowd was into it. It was always a, it was always a fun game to play here. Sure. And um, so, yeah, I mean, now being on the other side, it, it feels a lot better to have, have their support and, and, and know that the other team, you know, I know how that team feels. It's a tough place to play. And um, maybe you know maybe one of the more special places to play in uh, in the AHL. So I'm I'm happy to be here, and um, hopefully we can give those fans you know more to cheer about here. And um, as far as the Hershey Bears, um, like you said, it's a probably the most storied franchise. Um, you're playing in front of a 9,000, 10,000 packed arena, um, and and we we made it to the finals that year too. So that 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 made things a little bit better, but. Um, that was awesome. I mean, I always love playing there. It's always a fun place to play. Um, uh, Hershey is a is a unique town. Um, not much to do there, but um, a very special town, and uh, my, we we loved it there. We had a great group of guys, and um, that always helps too. And you know, a special group, a, a tight group, uh, it, it makes things um, a little more enjoyable. See, that's the one thing though about being a journeyman and being a radio guy who's worked a lot of different places. You get to absorb the flavor from all these cool places like Hershey or Albany or Tucson. You know, um, yeah, it's a, with a family. You, the, the other side is you want to settle down and maybe get something that's a little more steady. Uh, but you get to have all these uh, unique experiences, which is the upside. Yeah, it, it's definitely. I, I mean, I mentioned earlier, I get to see uh, every everywhere we go, we try and make a little bit of a bucket list of, of things within a couple hours, whether we have a day off or an afternoon or something that's nearby in the city. We always try and make a bucket list of uh, places to see, places to eat, um, things to do. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, it's been fun to, to see a lot of places that um, if you're not playing hockey or if, you know, you're situated in one place for more than a year, uh, you don't get to do. So we try and make the most of it. And uh, my wife's a trooper. She uh, She's right on board, and, and it's something that we always look forward to is making that bucket list. Throw us a couple random ones. It doesn't even have to be within the last year or so. Throughout, throughout your nine years, a couple of those really memorable things that you've done. Uh, like away from hockey? Yeah. Yeah. Like on that bucket list type of thing. I'm sure there's some of them that are a little bit personal just for the family. You don't have to share those. But just, I suppose, your more generic ones that maybe others have experienced. Yeah. Um, I guess hiking in Tucson was, was awesome. It's something um, we're, we both like to, to see, be outdoors and uh, explore a little bit. And um, hiking in Tucson was amazing. You know, we went up in the into the mountains. We had our boys with us, so it wasn't, you know, a crazy hike. But so so darn hot and uh we hike up to this little area in the desert and there's a little water reservoir and um you know people are hiking all the way to the top and we just went you know probably a mile up but uh to think that there was just this water water reservoir from uh, i guess they only get rain like maybe in september or so and it just kind of collected there collects there and then it just kind of slowly over time uh i guess 
eventually uh, it disappears. But at that time, there was a little bit of water there, and to, to be 100 degrees and be able to soak in the water and kind of sit in there for a little bit, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's not a common experience around here. Could probably do some uh, hiking in the Adirondacks, but you we've m- done you might- that. Yeah. yeah, okay. We got up to uh, before the season started. We got up to uh, past Old Forge, did Inlet? a couple hikes. Uh, Bear, was Bear, Mountain? Bear Mountain, Bear Mountain, yeah. and uh, what's the, the the tower at the top? Um, um, Bald Mountain, maybe. Bald Mountain, yeah. yeah. Bald Mountain. The view up there was awesome. Um, things like that, we try and get to to go do uh, everywhere we play. Um, Albany had a cool one at Indian Ladder. Uh, Indian Ladder, you got to hike and kind of get in this little cave underneath a waterfall that. Uh, certain times of the year, depending on the snow, um, you know, obviously after the winter, the waterfall is stronger. Um, so that was pretty cool to experience as well. Yeah, that's cool. Outdoorsy guy. I like a nature guy. I like that. I, I mean, I, I guess maybe a little bit. I don't know much about it, but I enjoy it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, if someone can tell me where to go, and I'll do it. Well, it's, you know what, it's 180 degrees away from hockey, and which is, I, I think, probably the best part. And you're doing it with your family, so it doesn't really get any better than that. Can we talk about some hockey now? Yeah, I guess. Man, we here. just invaded his privacy. Tell us everything about your life. Carter Camper is with us. Of course, a center on the Utica Comets, number 19, uh, of course, in your program. So the team has been overall really good on special teams, particularly uh, power play. Uh, penalty kill has dipped a little bit in the last few games, but we've talked about quite a bit, noticing any issues are really the weak point of the team is five on five. And we were wondering your thoughts being in that locker room. And you know guys are aware of it. We've heard Coach Call talk about it. And since we're coming out of a loss, we'll talk about the bad stuff really quick first before we can talk about a lot of the good stuff. But something you guys work on every day, something that you're addressing in the locker room, because that seems to be where the issues are. The five on five? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird. Sometimes it's, it's weird how things work out. Um, I think it's obviously very important to have strong special teams. Um, I'm not sure what the stats say, but I'm sure that the better teams uh, over time do have strong special teams. A lot of, especially in American Hockey League, a lot of times games are decided by a power play goal or you know a shorthanded, uh, you know letting one up. Um, but for us, I think uh, you know we can't complain about getting those power play goals. Hopefully, that can continue to to do well and the penalty kill can can bounce back. I'm sure it will. And then 5-on-5, five five, I, I don't really have an explanation. We're, we have a very deep team. We have um, four lines that contribute yeah. and, and 6-D that contribute and, and great goaltending. So, um, you know, I think over time here we're going to – I think we, you know, things should should get going on 5-on-5 five five as well. It's, it's funny to listen to Coach Call just the other day. He was saying, he's like, I'm never going to be happy with the 5-on-5s, five five. always going to want to improve on the 5-on-5s. Five but he's fine with special teams too. I just because you play the majority the majority of the time you are five on five so of course it kind of makes sense if you break down ice time. Well, you're a top five penalty kill, yeah. top five power play right now. You know he he probably will always find something that you need to improve upon in all aspects of the game because he's the coach and you but, should always want to. But uh, with with all the uh, the you know you were gone for a while at the beginning of the season, the power play wasn't so good. Uh, we give you credit for, <laughs> you know, maybe things shifted a little bit when you came back. Yeah, the power play has been on a streak of like 16 straight games with at least one power play goal. It's, but you're, it's amazing. You're starting to rack up the points now, and that's got to feel good after the frustrating start to the season for you. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was weird. We were scoring six, seven goals there, and I 
wasn't finding a way to get on the score sheet and for for me as a point producer it was kind of it's kind of awkward um you know that's where i'm i'm brought here and that's where um that's where i've made a career um so luckily things have uh picked up for for me individually and um hopefully that can continue to help the team obviously the last couple games haven't been great but um we have been going going well there for a little bit and um you know i'm sure we'll we'll turn things around like i said we have a very deep team and a lot of guys can contribute in many different ways and uh, i think that's what makes our team um difficult or should be difficult to play against as the year goes on so let's see in the last week you got a win on monday against bridgeport at Bridgeport, 6-4 against Toronto. That was a hell of a game. Friday, uh, the loss 4-3 to Bridgeport. And then Sunday, the 5-1 loss to Binghamton yesterday. So it's back-to-back wins, then back-to-back losses. We were wondering on pregame if you guys got to be exhausted. I think it's like six, was it six games in six ten days? Six games in nine days it was. There was a stretch, you know, if... Not to build, it's not a built-in excuse, but the, the simple fact of the matter is, and you said it well, yeah, perfectly. Tra- you're human beings. Yeah, traveling into that mix. Eventually, you're, you're, yeah, you're on the bus. You're, you, you know, you got to get some eat. You got to get some sleep. You're not in your own bed. And it's you're bouncing here. You're bouncing there. It's just a lot of games in a short amount of time. I'm wondering if you just ran out of gas. Yeah, I think uh, that's part of playing in the American Hockey League is sometimes uh, there's stretches throughout the course of the year that are that are difficult um, and, and that was one of those stretches we knew um, you know we talked about it probably a month ago we knew that that was going to be one of the stretches those six games in nine days um, and I'm sure there'll be another one or two throughout the rest of the year and, and those are important times for a team to uh, you know find a way to, to pick up points during those those tough stretches you're gonna and have to d- deal with that in, at the nhl level you know yeah I'm, but they're flying and we're bussing so things are a little <laughs> true, bit yeah, different. true yeah. true but that helps a little bit no but seriously i think uh you know it was big of us to to, to beat toronto that was a huge game for us and and, and then unfortunately we we laid an egg there against uh Bridgeport and well, they, they laid, the Toronto kind of laid some eggs too. I think they, you guys both looked at one another on the schedule, and you both were up for that game. Yeah, I mean they're they're supposed to be the class of our division. They've uh, been so strong over the last few years, and um, you know they're always strong. So that was um, we we've played well against them all three games. We you know we had a, a rough third period there in, in the second game in Toronto, but uh, we feel that we match up well against them and know that they'll be a team if if we want to be. Um, playing in, late into the summer, that they're going to be a team that we need to beat. Can I just ask um, on a personal note, when you saw Boosh drop the gloves in that game, <laughs> weren't you a little bit hyped about that? Were the boys a little hyped about that? Because obviously not a guy that generally drops the gloves. He's known, obviously, for scoring at a ridiculous pace at this point. Yeah, I think all of us were just thinking, don't hurt your hand. We, we need those hands for scoring goals, not fighting. But good for him to... Um, do what he needed to do there in that situation and um i think he did pretty well but he said how tired he was after it. <laughs> yeah he held his own yeah. it was oh, a, he, he did I fantastic he, he more than held his own yeah i thought he was connecting with, that, the, that with was, the overhands that was payback for all the nonsense that was going on all game long and sometimes you gotta you gotta do that you gotta, it stops now yeah former comet tanner mcmaster as, as was being a bit of an night, agitator in that game as i said the other night and was quoted by Corey hergott on twitter Reed Boucher was the hammer. Tanner McMaster was the nail. That's exactly and, right, and, and that's what it was. Uh, just got about thirty seconds left here before our break, and we're gonna we're gonna let you go, Carter. But uh, Sven Berchi is on waivers. He cleared waivers, which means, I mean, he could be traded. And, and 
not to speak personally about him, but as, as a teammate, when you know a guy is kind of out there in limbo like that, what do you say to that to him as teammates? How do the guys deal with that? You want him to get that opportunity because he wants to be back in the NHL. Certainly, you can relate to that to some extent. But on the flip side of that, it's been reported by numerous people that he's been nothing but the consummate pro and great teammate while he's been here. And clearly on the ice, his production has been outstanding. He's an assist machine. But but when you've got, I'm sure you've been in situations perhaps with that, or you're a well-traveled guy, you've dealt with that type of stuff too. What do you say to a teammate just as, as, a, as a friend, as a, you know, just guys? Yeah, I it's uh I can't say enough good things about him. Um, obviously, the talent is incredible. He's uh, he's too good for this league. Yeah, and I'm gonna say that. I don't know if that's the right thing to say or not, but he is. He he he's dominates in this league, and uh, you know it's it's he he handles it well. You wouldn't believe. You know, seeing him in the locker room, you thought maybe today. You know, obviously you see the the rumors on Twitter and whatever, but you would never know it. Um, seeing seeing him in the locker room, he's been um, an incredible example, um, not only for the young guys, but for for myself too. Just to see how um, you you can see a guy handle it that believes he should be in the NHL, and a lot of guys do. You know, believe he should be in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And, um, you want. I hope it works out for him. I think obviously we want him here. He's a heck of a player. He helps our team win. But everyone's dream is to play in the NHL, and um, he still believes he can be in the NHL. And um, I believe he can be in the NHL. And uh, hopefully, hopefully things work out for him. Whatever, whatever you know, makes him and his family happy. Whatever that is, he's been incredible down here. Yeah, he's only 27 years old too. And there's a lot of narrative that I get a little bit annoyed with when I read that as well online. I agree with you. Carter Camper is with us on Utica Comments Insider. Thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Promise to get the link out there so you can share that with the kids. and Everybody back in Rocky River. Yeah. And everybody back in Ohio and Erica. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Scoop and I will be Thank right you. back with the voice of the Utica Comments, Joe Roberts, next on 94.9 K-Rock. Utica. Let's do that hockey. Utica Comments Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider grind line with Rain Man the Rocket, Scoop the Cement Head, and play-by-play voice, Joe Cujo Roberts. It's been a busy time for the hockey players, but also, I guess, for the radio broadcasters, too. We've heard Joe Roberts say that before we... Before we get him on the air here, I want him to know that we do not have any audio from other places in social media that we've cobbled together that we are going to play and call him out on, which we have done occasionally on pregame. Next game is, of course, on Wednesday. But let's hear those velvet pipes. We always like to give you a highlight montage from the previous game, whether it's on pregame or here on Utica Comets Insider. Unfortunately... The last game was the 5-1 to one loss in Binghamton, so there is not highlights. There is one highlight. A guy that I actually said, keep your eye on him. He's due. Seamus Malone, just like you pointed out, Scoop, th- there was a stretch last year where the team wasn't really scoring a lot except for one guy, and that was... Seamus Malone. Yeah, he put a few in the back of the net. So let's fire that. This is Seamus Malone's goal against Binghamton. Berchi, nice move as he toe drags away from pressure. Drop feed Boucher. Towards the net. Pad save. It's in. They score. Seamus Malone crashing the goal. Gets his first of the year. Boucher sent it to the net. Malone crashed and put it in. The officials are going to talk about it. Maybe wondering if Malone could have kicked it. There he is. Joe Roberts. That voice. Let's hear it in person. How are you, Joe? 
I like the longer ones better, for being honest. Uh, the one-goal highlight reel feels a little uh, – I don't know if I got shortchanged on that one, but you know what? It was a tough sledding on Hampton, wasn't it? I do think, however, though, you know, your call of Boucher versus McMaster, there's a future there, maybe some UFC, I don't know, some boxing. I, I, I think you could do that if, uh, you know, you get bored with hockey later in your career. I don't know. You know, it's uh, it, it's always fun to watch those good fights. And, um, you know, uh, eventually if a guy is, I think I'm talking which is a kind way to describe how McMaster was playing. Uh, you know, if a guy pushes the buttons, eventually there's going to be a response. And I like that response from Marie Boucher saying, hey, you know what? Um, if this isn't beneath me, below me, I'm going to step up for myself and stand up for myself. And that's exactly what he did. It was fun to watch. Joe, you've said it before after a bunch of games stacked together, mixture of home and on the road. The players get tired, but the broadcasters get tired, too. But as far as the players, do you think they ran out of gas? I asked Carter Camper that, and he thinks that might have a little bit to do with it. What did you happen to notice over the stretch? Because it's been six six games, nine days, ten days. It's been a lot. Yeah, it has been a lot of hockey. But I also think that the last couple games, you know, you, you combine playing a lot of hockey with going up against two teams who play with quite a bit of speed, and that, that – causes some problems. You know, Bridgeport's a, a fast team. Uh, Binghamton was a fast team. Uh, they capitalized on their opportunities, too. You know, they created them and they had to finish them and they were able to. So um, I think down the stretch, yeah, that might have had a little bit to do with it, but it's also part of the process. It's part of the hockey season. It's part of the the, the seventh month or seven month grind, as everybody calls it. Um, you know, and I have to imagine that with uh, three games in four days to wrap it all up before the holiday break, they're going to they're throw everything out there and 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 sort of just uh, go guns ablazing into the Christmas break because then guys can kick their feet up and maybe chill out for a day or two with friends, family, etc. And, and I have to imagine that this should be a, a good high energy work week for them. Well, yeah, you kind of want to get some wins this week, and then you want to go into Christmas break and feel good about yourself. But, what, uh, Joe, well, you're the broadcaster. What are you going to do for your Christmas break? What, what's on the agenda? Well, you know what? We're, uh, we, we've got some family coming in from Michigan, and, uh, you know, my, my wife and I are expecting our, our first child here in about four weeks, so we're enjoying the peace and quiet while we can one last uh, quiet holiday. So, um, you know, uh, laying low and, and just sort of enjoying things uh, with each other in a, in a small sort of setting. And um, it, it's going to be really nice because uh, a couple of weeks down the line, it's going to be a little sleep and lots of chaos. And, uh, you know, we couldn't be more excited. A couple things to note would be an ugly sweater pub crawl coming up. Uh, you got one picked out already, Joe? That's going to happen at the ABC this weekend. Well, you know what? I usually reserve my uh, my ugly sweater for Hanukkah time, so I think I might have to, to sit on my hands here until Hanukkah rolls around. But, um, yeah, maybe I might find something there uh, sort of buried under a couple other items in the, in the drawer that I might be able to pull out for the game. A couple of roster moves uh, happened today that got snuck in there. We wanted to confirm Chatty called back up. Breezy, Guillaume Breezeboss sent back down. And did you notice Michael DiPietro relieved Jacob Markstrom in the game against Vegas? And Six saves. In, uh, I think, about eight minutes to go left in the game, I think he went in. Yeah, I saw that. You know, uh, obviously, I, I guess to, to tackle things one at a time, yeah, Breezebois and, 
and Chatty have probably been giving each other high fives in the airport when they pass each other in their, uh, you know, uh, Chicago layovers on their way out west. Um, as far as getting Zach McEwen back, that's obviously nice that both of those guys, Breezeball and, and McEwen, will be ready to get on the bus and go to Belleville with us tomorrow to be available on Wednesday. And then uh, as far as DPS goes, yeah, I'm pumped that he got his time. Uh, you know, as far as in a relief appearance, I have to imagine at some point in time while he's up there, he's he's going to get a start because uh, I think he's earned it. And frankly, uh, in a situation with Demko and, you know, Travis Green said he got a concussion and he does have a history of those, obviously. So uh, we can only hope for Denver that it's quick healing, but they're just so up in the air and, and they're just so open-ended and, and, and they can be triggered so quickly, you know. And so uh, while we hope that uh, – DPS gets a lot of playing time while he's up there. It comes at a cost to to probably Thatcher Demko. So, um, you know, always keeping that in the back of mind. But, yeah, I'm happy he got in. I'm happy he played well. And, um, you know, hopefully it's, it's one of many more to come. As we head into this Christmas break, I want to ask you, who has really stood out to you so far this season? Obviously, Reed Boucher would, would be a guy that you would mention. But name some of the guys on this team who've really performed pretty well so far, and maybe an unsung hero or two. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, top of mind, you know, you, you could talk about the aforementioned DiPietro and uh, Broken Rafferty as well as far as rookies go. Um, DiPietro has essentially gone out there and earned the number one job in Utica and uh, to be the first call up when, when, uh, when it's needed by Vancouver. So I think that's fantastic for the youngster. And, and I'm so happy that he's put himself in a position to be successful. Rafferty has put out, uh, put up uh, quite a few points, you know, uh, trailing, I think it's only Derek Julio, uh, a former Canuck in uh, points in the American league right now for the team. so he's been spectacular on the blue line. And I think that uh, it's been fun to watch. You know, uh, as far as unsung heroes go, I think there's a couple guys you could look at. You know, Vinny Arsenal brings a lot to the table. Carter Banks is, is really, I think, put together a fantastic year. And basically the epitome of unsung hero because that's just sort of the role he plays. He doesn't put up sexy numbers. He's not going to uh, break the red light as far as scoring a bunch of goals. But what he is going to do is he's going to show up for work every night. Uh, he's going to work his tail off. He's going to forecheck relentlessly. He's going to buy shots. He's going to kill penalties. He's going to do everything that's asked of him. I think that, um, you know, people don't realize how much he actually does because he's been around for a while, and, you know, people just don't uh, don't notice it. But um, what he does is absolutely critical as far as the success of this hot team goes, and I think that uh, this season he's looked fantastic. And, and, and in that, in creating the uh, opportunities, uh, with his line mates and, and, and others, he's been able to create a little bit of uh, success as far as putting points on the sheet as well. So um, I've loved the way that he's played. I like the way that Vinny Arsenal has played as well. Um, so I think there are definitely a few guys who are, are just sort of uh, flying under the radar in their ability to be everyday uh, influencers of this team. Yeah, good teams don't win without guys like Carter Banks. And Speaking of that, he had a big block, even though the score wasn't what we, the outcome wasn't what we had hoped for. But in that Binghamton game, I uh, remember you describing that he had a, a very key block at one point, uh, sacrificed himself and his body. That's Joe Roberts. He's the voice of the Utica Comets. We always thank him for his time. We'll bring another voice into your ears. Comets, Corey Hergott from Canucks Army is next on 94.9 K Rock.
And now our Comets Insider Grind Line with Rain Man the Rocket and Scoop the Cement Head. And it's brought to you, Comets Insider, that is, from 72 Tarrant and Grill by IBEW, Local Union 43, Hobby Hill Farms, and Pathfinder Bank. And joining us now, Corey Hergott of Canucks Army, a great spot to read about the Canucks and the Comets coverage that you get from Corey. Outstanding. And, Corey, it was an ugly weekend. My gosh, these are teams we're supposed to beat. So you hope that... Wednesday against Belleville and Friday against Laval and Saturday against Rochester. Get back on the good foot here and have something positive to take you into the Christmas break. The last two ranked teams, 15 and 16, in the entire Eastern Conference. Good evening, guys. Good evening, guys. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of fun uh, watching her those uh, last couple of games or writing about them uh, it's always a lot more fun to be writing about wins than uh, than losses and especially when they're um, you know they're kind of ugly ones like that I feel kind of bad for uh, Richard Bachman I mean the guy missed a year of hockey and he comes back in and uh, the team basically lays an egg in front of him in both of his games and he goes out uh, you know puts up a pile of saves and, and can't get a win so uh Hopefully we see something a little bit better here over the next handful of games. Yeah, Corey, I noticed the three stars in the building from in Binghamton for the 5-1 loss uh, were not the same as your third star, and you did not give out a second or a first star because you gave that third star to Richard Bachman. He earned 84 saves. He's had 84 shots total, I'm sorry, in his, in his two starts. That can't continue. It's been a problem from time to time. They've evened things out here and there, but for the most part, there's there's been some games. It's happened to Zane McIntyre as well. It's too. happened to Michael DiPietro. It's a sure. thing. It's a thing with this team right now that occasionally they hang the goaltender out to dry, and he's got to stand on his head. Go ahead, Corey. Well, that I mean, that's hockey. I, that that happens. Uh, I mean, really good teams. You don't see that happen very often, but. Uh, you know, throughout the course of a season, most teams are going to face those kinds of up and ups and downs. I mean, w- listen, we had a really great uh, October uh, that we can hang our hat on that uh, that we watched and, and wrote about and talked about. And, uh, you know, at that time I was saying, like, you know, feel good about this now because it won't always be this way. And there's going to be those ups and downs, and the bumps in the road. And uh, that's just where we're at right now. I think uh, with player movement up and down that we've seen uh, with some players that are maybe not, you know, 100% thrilled with their situation, um, even though they're playing hard and and competing every night, uh, that's still got to play on the minds of the, you know, the coaching staff a little bit and the the other teammates around them. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it should be interesting to see how things go moving forward here with uh, with Sven Berchi, you know, uh, clearing waivers and having uh, his agent having asked for a trade publicly now. Um, you know, you've got guys like Gold Oban down there that would, uh, I mean, everybody wants to be up in the NHL, but guys who have been there and want to get back like Goldie, um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how hungry these guys stay in the second half here. I'm curious, your thoughts on what you saw from Michael DiPietro in relief for Jacob Marks from the night against Vegas. Well, I mean, he made, uh, what was it, five of uh, six, uh, stopped five of six shots, uh, made a big blocker save. I mean, uh, for him to get in there was, I guess, uh, 
you know, a little bit of a different situation than his first NHL action. You know, he was in mop-up duty here in a, in a game that was kind of out of hand already, so the, maybe the pressure wasn't quite as uh, as much on his shoulders. He could get in and just kind of be loose and play his game uh, as best he could in that kind of a situation. I mean, Vegas is a is a pretty big uh, pretty big stage for him to be on that building uh, rocks all the time so I think that was actually a really really good experience for him to get that uh, even even though it was not a lot of uh, a lot of minutes there he got some good experience in the Binghamton game Corey Corey Herr got here with us from Canucks Army on Utica Comets Insider we're live from the 72 Tavern power play 0 for 4 penalty kill 2 for 4 but looking overall at the season's numbers as far as that's concerned. Penalty kill has dipped down to 10th in the league at 83.9%. Power play has remained at 4th in the league. They're, they're in a, like we said earlier, a 16 or so game streak where they've scored at least one there. At 20, until the other night. Right, until the other night. And they're at 24.3%. The issues, as we've talked about, and I know you listen regularly to pregame, have been 5-on-5. Five five. But then didn't they go and mix up the penalty killing units a little bit? I thought I heard you make note of that or maybe tweet that. And power play. Yeah, last last thing we're going to ask you is to just comment on both sides of special teams. Well, the power play, they did actually shift it up uh, at the start of last game, which I was kind of confused. You know, like the team has, uh, the power play was brutal in October, and they finally got it back on track, and they had all the same guys there and uh, switched things up in the start of the last game. So I was uh, not concerned, but confused about that a little bit. Um, You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. you know, and they ended up going back to their regular power play units uh, towards the end of the game. Uh, the penalty kill, I don't know why that's dropped off. Uh, you know, you've, you've got a couple of guys, uh, a couple of key components maybe that have been going back and forth uh, up to Vancouver. We've seen McEwen called up and Breezebois and Chatfield going back and yeah. forth. Those guys are all big parts of the penalty kill. So uh, that might have a little bit of a, a part of uh, why that's slipped a little bit lately. Utica Comets Insider from the 72 Tavern every Monday at 7 o'clock. Thanks to Corey Hergott, thanks to Joe Roberts, and thanks to Carter Camper for joining us. Glue guy back in the studio, Matt, will get the podcast up in all of your normal places. Scoop always gets the last word on 94.9 K Rock. Go Comets!